Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Let's talk about streaming war. Um, the heat is on. You know, the main revenue stream for streaming services comes from paid subscribers like you and me. So the market closely monitors the growth level for each of these major players. Just last week, we saw streaming giant Netflix hit their first stumble. Uh, things are not looking good for them. News from last week has said that the streaming service lost 200,000 customers globally in the first quarter and expects to lose 2 million in the second quarter, transforming Netflix from the quintessential growth stock into a market prior almost overnight. The company's market value plunged by $54 billion. On the other hand, we saw View, uh, PCCW's leading pan-regional OTT video streaming service. They announced that the platform saw significant growth in monetization in 20. 21, adding strong financial performance to its position as one of the top OTT streaming platforms in the region. And according to the parent company PCCW's annual financial results announcement, View was reported to have an overall increase in revenue of 37% year-on-year in 2021. So what are their plans uh, to keep up and come out on top of this streaming race? Well, let's see. We've got Marianne Lee, who is Chief of Content Acquisition and Development for View. Marianne, good morning. How are you? Morning. Good. Very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Elliot. Streaming services. Always a fun topic to get into. But I suppose perhaps you could first tell us a little bit about the company and the business model. Well, the company is definitely into streaming and we pride ourselves in getting to the viewers the best Asian entertainment. It started off in 2015-2016 when no one was actually bringing Korean content to viewers in the region and we're the very first. We're the first mover, we're the pioneer and we've just made Korean content very, very popular across the whole of Southeast Asia. And it's not just Southeast Asia, we have footprint in Middle East and also in South Africa. So we are fine wide. Hey, wait, did you see uh, South Africa as well? Interesting. Yes, yes. What, what, what is the landscape like over there? Landscape, it's definitely very interesting. Apart from Korean content, they also have a lot of local content. So <laughs> I will definitely talk a little bit more about local content later on. But uh, every country loves their local content. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean the, the the commonality that you know we're talking about all these markets is Korean content, and that has shown to be one of the most popular contents, if not the most popular content in the region. How huge? How, how much share are we talking about here? It's definitely huge. I mean, if you look at the recent NPA AMPD report, you can see that uh, Korean content or Korean dramas is the largest consumed online video content category in Southeast Asia in 2021. So apart from Korean content, we also have uh, local content like the Thai content, Indonesian content that are the close seconds. And U.S. content is kind of in third place. So you can see Korean content is now outbeating everybody in the region. So definitely Korean content is no longer a subgenre, but yeah. a mainstay, very mainstream. Yeah. Okay, I get the Thai and Indonesian one, especially with uh, the Thai and Indonesian markets, right? And I wish there was a way to explain, and maybe you can help me, why Korean content is so hot in this region. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like you have to experience it to really understand it if you think about <laughs> it. 
I don't know if you are a fan yourself or a viewer yourself for Korean content. I'm a casual viewer. But, uh, of course, Squid Game okay. has changed everything. Yes, of course. But if you talk to fans who are the hardcore you know, Korean fans, they would tell you the, the themes, the, the content themes from Korean content is very Asian-centric. Mm-hmm. So our viewers in Southeast Asia can very easily get into the themes. And it's these themes that can resonate throughout Southeast Asia. Um, and of course, not just Southeast Asia. I mean, Korean content, as you said, it's, it's like all over the world now. Mm. Um, and we can attest to that with, with our viewers, um, even in South Africa, even in the Middle East, clamoring, clamoring all over for the Korean shows. Okay, so this definitely, and and pardon me for generalizing, right? But if I were to put it in a blanket, um, it definitely, there is a huge potential where Asian content is concerned. And I'm comparing this to back when we were growing up, where we have to wait maybe two or three weeks before we can view the latest American TV series. Mm. I'm I'm saying that, what I'm saying is that uh, expectation is different. Consumption is so different now. Exactly, exactly. I think, as I mentioned, Vue has been the pioneer of this. Mm. And apart from pioneer of bringing in Korean content, it was the first OTT platform that could be able to provide subtitles um, within the same night as the Korean telecast, Mm. which is unheard of. Mm. And that is, I would say, only eight years ago, it cannot be done. The Mm. technology wasn't there. But now, of course, with, with Vue, cracking it in 2015, everybody is able to bring subtitles to the viewers, same night as Korean telecast, which is a big thing in those days. And, of course, we are still continuing to improve the timeliness of our delivery, our subtitle delivery. Yeah, I used to love uh, Japanese anime, but by the time you wait for the encoding of subs, you'd be like, I, I think the whole series is over already. Um, yes. How, how does this place you in terms of competition with the other big players? I mean, names like Netflix. You've got a huge catalogue of Asian content. Is that enough to compete? We, we have always prided ourselves in providing top Asian content for Asian viewers. Mm. So that has not changed. And I think this formula has proven success because we are still you know, very much in business and doing very good business, as you mentioned um, earlier in the introduction. Um, we have been doing you know, very good revenue, plus we have a dual revenue model. We just don't do um, subscription. We do advertising as well. So in that sense, we are definitely one of the leaders in this region in terms of OTT service. I'm glad you brought up this uh, alternate uh, revenue model of advertising. Uh, for context, could you explain how you guys do this? Of course, we have a choice. If you go into our app, you have mm. a choice of um, paying a subscription and subscribe to the service. Okay. But at the same time, um, if you are a casual viewer, you can see ads right. on the service, on the platform. So in that sense, we have both advertising revenue and subscription revenue coming as, in. As a casual viewer, am I, am I paying, uh, say, a lowered subscription or, or is it free? Actually, if you want to try it out, it's absolutely free. Right, right. But then you would just have to watch the ads. Okay, so the reason I bring this up is because I think Netflix wants to copy you guys. Uh, <laughs> last week, because of those poor subscription numbers, they are looking at uh, having a cheaper subscription with ads. So, you know, if you don't want to pay so much, you'll be able to enjoy Netflix, but there will be ads uh, similar to yours. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, and, and in terms of the feasibility... Any opinion? I think it's to do with how our content strategy Mm. being a lot stronger 
having you know proven successes that we could be able to do this much better and the fact that we have a very strong local team yeah. and i think that's our secret sauce with good local teams with good local people and with our eye on very good content i think we could really win the landscape yeah yeah no i'm sure of course and and you have that loyalty and and the customers know exactly what they want uh, though i am curious do you guys have um or face any problems when it comes to password sharing is there an issue i think not not to us so much because okay. as I said if there's a choice right the viewers if they don't want to pay the subscription they can very easily uh, just come in watch the content with that okay so that that really is sort of uh, enforces how Netflix is trying to clamp down on password sharing because they don't have a similar model to yours let's talk a little bit about view originals what's the reception mm. been so far well view originals is a very exciting um, topic for us we have our View Original Studio headed by um, veteran Mr. Felix Toe, and he's our chief review original. His main remit is to create original content assets for View across the region. Can you imagine we have going to have 30 titles launching this year in six different languages, and all these titles will go into more than 16 markets in View territory. It's a very, very exciting topic for us yeah. in the sense that we now have local teams producing content in Thailand, in Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, and also the Middle East. That, that is so exciting. And, and on that, right, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Marianne, how then, how did you, do you pick the right pictures when it comes to these original content? Because there's so many. Yes, yes, definitely. I think our local strategy works very well in the sense that uh, we look at the IPs. Okay. So IPs could be from international side of things, and also IPs could be local. So one example for international IP which be Pretty Little Liars, which is a very famous US mm. format. Mm-mm. So we picked that up from a US studio and created season one a couple of years back. And now this month, actually, last week, or the two weekends ago, we launched season two okay. on our platform, and it's doing amazing numbers for us. Now, the second example would be we look at local content IPs. So the example I would bring up here is a title called My Future Husband. It's an Indonesian Bahasa production based on a very, very popular Wattpad IP. In Wattpad, millions of viewers have already read the story. So we picked it up and then created a TV series or a video content out of it. So it's that My Future Husband again and was launched this month on our platform. And it's doing great numbers for us. Wow, okay, I'm, uh, that sounds interesting. I might go check that out. How does all this uh, tie up with View Studios? I mean, which enhances the other? These are the productions from View Studios. So, look, so the two productions I mentioned, Pedro Elias, My Future Husband, they are from the Indonesian team. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a Thai team. And, of course, in Thailand, it's a very mature production market already. So a couple of years back, the Thai team produced a drama called My Bubble Tea, a very successful rom-com. The K-pop idol, Chu Pian Nikun. And I'm not sure if you are a K-pop fan, <laughs> but uh, at the time, Chu Pian Nikun, it's, it's very popular. And of course, he's, uh, he's from Thailand himself. He's okay. a Thai. So apart from that, the Thai team is keeping themselves busy with boys' love genre, which is gaining traction all over in, in Asia, in Japan, in Korea. Um, they produce Close Friends, which is a BL series last mm-hmm. year. 
and second season is coming back and we're launching next month. Just a final question, uh, Marianne. It's really an opinion question, no right or wrong answer. But in your personal opinion, we've spent so long with, say, out of 100% of content consumption, say maybe 70% is uh, Western. Um, with the with the rise of Asian content, what kind of percentage do you see Asian content making up content consumption in in this region in the years to come? I think it's going to take over everything, as I mentioned <laughs> the NTA report, and also in other reports like the Trade Desk report. You can see that um, more and more viewers are actually saying that they want Korean content. Yeah. Um, Korean drama is now. Um, 60, well, 60% of what women viewers want at top rank. And even the Gen Zers, they want Korean content as well, 62% of them. So I think in no time, I think it will really, Asian content would take over all of the other genres yeah. in yeah. the region. Oh, and who knows, especially if uh, somehow or other more people start learning Korean on a part-time basis, that's going to go up even oh, more. Yes, definitely. Marianne Lee, who is Chief of Content Acquisition and Development at View, on the line with me. Really appreciate your time this morning. You take care and stay safe. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.